Our great and heavenly Father, it is awesome today to be here to say thank you and to love you and to honor you and thank you for bringing Ross back safely. We also pray for his family, Canada, after losing his father. Would you mend the hearts of the family? Would you bless them during the times of quietness and times of reflection? Would you give them the strength that they need to carry on? We love you for who you are and thank you for protecting. Pray for his children. Pray for all of his family. We lift up Tsunami and his the friend of Vaya who passed away that we had been praying for. Her family today, we lift up the bereaved. We thank you that God, he's contacted and is letting us know and thanking us for the prayers. And today we continue to pray for him, continue to pray for the family of Vaya. And we are praying that, God, you will help them at this time. Those who have experienced loss recently, even in the distant past, we pray for. We think about memories. We think about things of relationships. We honor you. We thank you for those that press their way through, even when the enemy was trying to stop. As Kim has said, we thank you right now that she saw and knew what was happening. So we've got to still get there. And so we thank you right now. We do honor you. We bless you. As, as the students go back to school this month and next month, college students as well, we are praying today for them. We're praying for safety. We're praying for the mind. We're praying that you will lead principals, assistants, administrators, we lift up today in this county and throughout. Uh, we do pray that you will bless them on their way to school, back home. Pray that they will be able to learn. We thank you right now. We thank you for this ministry. Pray that you bless the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I was thinking and studying and I, and. and just a few verses that we're going to look at, it was just difficult to get through because it is one of the passages that is, you think it's clear, but it's not as always that, as clear. There are a lot of different commentators and different theologians that have different views of our passage that we'll be reading today. Today we pick up with part three of The Work on the Temple Begins. The work on the temple begins. Charlie, please tell your parents that we said hello. I'm going to be reading a number of scriptures in the message and plan to have you out today or have you out before Super Bowl. So let's just put it that way. Super Bowl is um, the first week of January. So by 2023... Anybody dozes during that time, I will throw a pin at you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. Haggai 2, 6 through 9. This is how it reads. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations 
shall come in, and I will fill this house house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Again, the title, the work on the temple begins. If you needed to be reminded, well, let me just tell you now that you are a steward of what God owns and you have just been given and you only have temporary custody of it. Do you know what temporary custody means? It doesn't mean that you keep it forever. It just means it's temporary. You have it for a short time. It can be taken or removed at any time. The dilemma that many of us uh, fall into is when we think that God... Well, let me just back up. The dilemma that we all have, I should say, is that we think that God does not own everything. And that somehow we own what God actually owns. You don't. Just in case you were wondering, you don't own it. If you don't pay your car note, if you have a note, after a certain time you may have a repossessor come and let you know that you haven't made payments and you don't own the vehicle. Be careful of falling into the trap that you can manage this world better than God. Why did God do it that way? Why did he do it this way? He's God. And his ways are higher than your ways, just like his thoughts are higher than your thoughts too. God can take anything that he wants at any time and give it to anyone that he wants. But let me just clarify something. Just because God can do it, it doesn't mean that what somebody else has is yours. I've told you this before. When I had to come down to this study and say, Dad, can I use your study? When I was in school and he said, go ahead. Well, my coming down to the church and learning and finally getting a diploma does not mean that you can come and take what I have. We have a society today that somehow thinks they can come and steal what you have, that it belongs to them and they didn't work for it. I'm the one that spent hours down here. You spend hours doing what you do, and then, and then somebody feels that they can come and just take it. Someone took my wife's car one time. That twice. First time was her fault. They always did it. They left the car running outside in front of the house in Stockton. They always did it. Came out, but thank God my son wasn't in the car that day. In the house. Came out. Was it your dad that said, man, what's your car? Yes, her dad, yeah. What's your car? She said, it was my car. Came out and the car was gone. They thought that they owned the car. They can come and take it. Little thieves. Then on another occasion, she was sleeping early in the morning, heard some noise. Think about it. Somebody broke the side window, got in the car, and took the car. Twice. Now she's paranoid when she goes to Stockton. (laughs) 
got two locks that locks the steering wheel that's on the street. In fact, she makes sure that she can park inside the gate. In fact, her dad would sometimes block her in. He pull out and she pull in. Now she just makes sure. Today we live in a world where people think that they can take what you have and have not worked for it. But oh, when you understand that God owns it all and he can do what he wants. He can take what somebody else has and says, I'm going to bless you with it. Last week, we didn't, I didn't give you the point. I just got right into the message. And last week's point, the first point was take courage. So if you are writing notes, take courage. Today we're going to pick up with point two in the same message, part three, is the Lord controls it all. The Lord controls it all. The Lord identifies four things that he is going to shake. The heavens, the earth, the sea, and the dry land. Haggai's message is of divine origin and it affects every aspect of the heavens and the earth. It is only God who has complete or universal control over all things. And this is made clear by the fact that he is going to be the one that is going to move and bring to pass what he has told Haggai to give to Zerubbabel, the governor, to Joshua, the priest, and to the remnant or the people that have come back from Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, as I told you, in 586, destroyed the temple. That was the third invasion. The first was 605 B.C. He came back a second time in 597. And the third time, he came back in 586. And that third time when he came back, he took more captives. And then he burned down the temple and took the articles back to Babylon. 700 miles or so away. He's off the throne. It's Cyrus. The king of the Medes and Persians came and destroyed Babylon. See, when you conquer things back then, you had to fight. And so Cyrus came to the throne. And after Cyrus, his son, Cambyses, came to the throne for eight years. And right after him, there was a person by the name of Gamata. He served and reigned for one year. And then Darius. Darius is on the throne in 522 B.C. And Darius gives permission for the people that are in Babylon, that is now controlled by Medo-Persia, says you can return to Jerusalem. Cyrus gave the first command, if you remember, and told the people to go and build, but the people ran into opposition. You know sometimes when you run into opposition, it causes some people just to quit and sit down and stop. Others, it motivates them to keep going. It motivates them. For 16 years, they stopped work on the temple under Cyrus. And when Darius comes to the throne, he reinstitutes and reissues the command to continue building the temple. After 16 years, they start. And we're now into the message where the work on the temple has begun, and it is to repair the temple that had been burned down by Nebuchadnezzar. This idea of this mirrorism, mirrorism, M-E-R-I-S-M, it is a word that in juxtaposition, juxtaposition just means something that's side by side. It takes the matter of heaven and earth and then land and sea, but in this matter he says sea and land. When these things are mentioned, 
this, this word basically takes the extremes and it automatically includes everything that's in between. So when the Lord says, I'm going to shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, it includes everything that can be shaken in between. It includes it all. And so when the Lord says this, you have to then begin to think that when he says again, what possibly is the first reference to? Well, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 18, we have it here coming up on the board. Exodus 19, 18. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, a furnace. And the whole mountain trembled greatly, and in some passages it says violently. What God is about to do, he is going to be the one who moves. You see, when God moved in Mount Sinai, and when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, there was a shaking of the mountain. Whenever God came on the scene, it was often accompanied by earthquakes or a great earthquake. Can you imagine being the children of Israel at this time and seeing this mountain ablaze with God's presence? And then when God led them out, he, he came in the form of a cloud by day. Cool the desert because the desert can get very hot. And very cold at night. And so the daytime, he provided a cloud. And in the night, what? That cloud, there was fire in order to help keep them warm and so that they could also see. He's the one that shook. But it seems to be understood that the people said that it was Mount Sinai, that location. The Lord says, I'm going to shake again. And this time it's going to be heaven and earth, sea and land. Everything. In Hebrews chapter 12, in the New Testament, verse 26, it says, At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now, he has promised, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Hebrews takes the passage that we read in Haggai 2.6 and uses it. This is the only time I believe where Haggai is quoted in the New Testament. And at this point, it is possibly talking about the final judgment. What's going to be shaken? Possibly it is dealing with the final judgment. That's what many uh, theologians believe. And some suggest that this passage here that's quoted, referencing the final judgment in the New Testament, and it, only, it is only this one verse that is noted, but there's also, if you read Hebrews 12, 26, and 27, it will give you further information. In verse number 7 of Haggai 2, it says, And I will shake all nations, so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house, house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. When the first temple was being built by Solomon, Solomon built the temple. It was magnificent. And if you read, I believe, in 1 Kings, it describes that gold was used for almost everything. Gold and silver. And, and, but gold. But see, silver oftentimes was not even counted by Solomon because gold was so plentiful in that he made this temple beautiful. 
Man, can you imagine this building being made of gold? We come back and pieces be missing and <laughs> come back a chunk gone here, a chunk gone there. I'd have to pull some guards out here. <laughs> but the temple was beautiful. But the second temple, as they are building this temple, does not have the beauty of the first. But the Lord says, I'm going to shake. And because I own everything and everybody else is a steward, I'm going to shake the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in. I'm going to make them bring to this house what they have. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord. You see, I told you like last week, it doesn't make a difference what some things look like. It may not have the beauty and the luxury. It may not have all of that. But if God is present, if God's presence is there, oh my God, it has all that it needs. <laughs> I'm going to shake. Get this point. It is God that's doing the shaking so that the treasures of all nations. She'll come in, and I'm going to fill this house with glory. You see, there are some that had observed the first temple. And upon observing that temple, some of them cried because they said it does not hold the beauty. And they were comparing the temple, the temple that they were building, to the temple that Solomon had built. And the Bible says that when that foundation was laid, many of the people cried. Those that had never seen the, the first temple, they were crying because the foundation had been laid and they were happy and crying. But those that had seen the glory of the first temple were crying because it, it doesn't look nothing like that first temple. But then the Lord gives a word that says, my presence is going to be here. I'm going to fill this house. And this is the depiction also of regarding, many say, uh, pointing to the time when Christ would even come on the scene. In verse 8 it says, The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. I tell you this, I keep telling you, I tell you over and over again, if God puts something on this earth that's good to use, I'm going to use it. He's put it here. There was one, I keep telling you, there was one restriction in the garden. That tree, that one tree, don't eat the fruit of that tree. Today, I tell you, we got politicians that tell you you can't touch this. They will block off a piece of land because a fly is on that land and they say that fly is going to become extinct. They have a bug over here. They said that bug cannot be touched. They got a frog over here, and they said, no, they got a lizard under that rock, and they closed off acres. No people can go. Leave it to the animals. How ridiculous. I'm sorry, excuse me, we have some nature lovers in here. But God's word is still true. He made this earth for us to enjoy. I told you this before. Even in the, some of the beaches in California, they got oil coming up right now. Why? Because they won't pump. Why? Because it's bubbling up through the ocean. You know when something is full, it overflows? That's what's happening right now. It's bubbling up. They, have, they can't even predict how much oil is there. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And here we're dealing with $6 
gasoline prices. Pump the oil. Lord, uh, let me get back to my message. God made it. <laughs> In Psalm 50, verses 9 through 12, I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your fields. Uh, goats from your folds, I should say, excuse me. For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills, because he owns a hill. <laughs> Listen to this. I know all the birds of the hills. Get this. Not only does he know the birds, he knows their names. He knows the sound they make. And all that moves in the field is mine. He says, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. For the world is mine. He says, the world and its fullness. I'll just go out and say, what do I want today? And take it. Because it all belongs to him. If I didn't tell you at the beginning, did, did I tell you that you are only a steward? You see, the steward manages the property of another person. That means they don't own it. That means you are a manager. A manager. A manager. A manager understands that I don't own, but I am the one that has to give an account. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 5. Then you shall see and be radiant, your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. What is the Lord saying? He is saying that for this house, you have been concerned, I can take care of everything in this house. It doesn't mean that one should not work hard. Absolutely. But the Lord is saying... Just because of what it looks like, I'm going to be the one that does the feeling and bringing about the change. It says in Ezra, Ezra chapter 6, verses 8 through 12, moreover, now let me say this. Ezra was also in captivity with Haggai, and so they ministered at the same time. And the charge and the decree, when you think about the temple, is also mentioned in Ezra. So in Ezra and Haggai, it is talking about the same temple. Even when Herod the Great... In 20 B.C., um, maybe a little bit before, but when he started rebuilding the temple to make it beautiful, some say it's the third temple, but no, it's actually still considered the second temple that he beautifies. Herod the Great got his name not because of oftentimes his great campaigns, but initially but because of his building projects. He was an incredible builder, also a great person in war, but Herod the Great got his name because of his building. Ezra says, moreover, I will make a decree regarding, and this is Ezra saying, and I believe this is here referring to Darius. Now listen carefully. Moreover, I make a decree, and this is Darius, regarding what you shall do for these elders of the Jews for the rebuilding of the house of, of God. Because they have already been now been sent back, and this is what the king now is saying. The cost is to be paid to these men in full and without delay from the royal revenue. The tribute of the province from beyond the river. And whatever is needed, bulls, rams, or sheep for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, or oil, as the priests at Jerusalem require. Let that be given to them day by day without fail, that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the, to the God of heaven 
and pray for the life of the king and his sons. And let me just say this quickly, because kings were often superstitious. So they wanted to make sure that if there was a person that knew God, uh, pray for me. <laughs> also, I make a decree that if anyone alters this edict, a beam shall be pulled out of his house, and he shall be impaled on it. And his house shall be made a dunghill. May the God who has... Now get this, when these kings spoke, they meant business. <laughs> May the God who has caused... His name to dwell there, overthrow any king or people who shall put out a hand to alter this or to destroy this house of God that is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, make a decree. Let it be done with all diligence. Verse number nine in Haggai 2. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. While the second temple will have the presence of the almighty God, it would also await a later time when Christ would come, who is the king of peace. The latter glory of the second house would have greater honor than even the house that Solomon had built, as Christ is the ultimate king of peace. The word peace suggests that one is ceasing from battle, but in this case, it involves more than that. It is a piece of land. It is a piece of God's prosperity. You will have peace. There is the coming peace and glory of God to the house of the second house that is here. And as I said, while those who remember that first house, they can be assured that God is going to take care of the second house. Some of you believe that God is not willing or he is not even able to do anything with your lives because you say, I've just blown it and not even God wants me. God can take you and clean you up. You may think nothing about yourself, but God sees a treasure right in you. Let me tell you this. It's because of the awesomeness of who God is that he can change you. Some of you have been told things that you wouldn't amount to anything. But God says, I made you in my image. I made you with a purpose and a plan. So you need to understand that what people may have said, that God says that glory can fill this temple. You are the temple of the Almighty God. It makes no difference what someone may have said back then. You need to understand that God says that I am taking you and making something new in your very life. When people say, what am I looking at? You may be not looking at a whole lot, but know this, I'm a child of God. <laughs> That's what you can know, I'm a child of God. <laughs> I'm a child of the great and marvelous king. Yes, we tell kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words don't hurt. Yes, words do hurt. But oh, remember this. God has given a great word. And he says, no matter what they said, I can turn it into gold. I can make something precious out of your life. Don't you just love those stories when somebody's been bullied or messed with and that all of a sudden things turn around for them and they are now the boss of the people that's been messing with them? Oh, I just love those kind of stories. <laughs> oh, I just love those stories. As we conclude today, 
What are you dealing with in your temple, in your life? What are you down about or depressed with? Well, let me tell you this. God says that, oh, the second temple is going to have more honor than the first. <laughs> your, your past sins, your past life of sin and living outside of God says, I'm going to do the work. Even for those that have said yes to the will of God, you still sometimes are drugged through the mud. But God says, don't worry about it. I can turn that mud into streets of gold. <laughs> I can make your enemies bring treasure. Why? Because I own it all. Don't forget now, when I bless you, you're only a steward. You're not the owner. You're a steward. You are managing what I own. <laughs> Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you today for your goodness. We thank you today that honor can be brought to the second temple because you are going to be the one that's in charge, involved. Your glory is going to fill that temple. We understand that God, while the work has begun in the temple, we are still yet just stewards and must use what you have given us. May we not be ones to say, I can't do anything because I don't have anything to do or give. I don't have any gifts. Yes, Lord, may we use what we have to honor you. May we give encouragement. We can say kind words to people that may be down. We can say, Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. May we give praise to you even when we may not feel like it. Because, God, you are worthy of praise whether we feel like it or not. Whether we feel like giving it or not, you are worthy to be praised. And the fact that you own it all, you own everything, you understand it all. May we recognize that we are connected and partnered up with the great I am, the great king of glory. Oh, may we take heart today. Lord, when things don't look like anything or don't look, it doesn't look like it's going to go the right way, that we can take confidence in you. May we press forward. For those that have not said yes to you today, we are praying that God, they don't wait, that they'll say yes, yes to the will of God. Yes, God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I accept you as my Savior. Lord, you already paid the price. It's your glory that fills the house. And we honor you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brother George, amen. 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 As Brother George comes, as Brother George comes, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you today for being here. We at times can take each other for granted, but I don't want to do that. I just want to stop and say thank you, because you could be out doing something right now. Many of y'all can be out playing softball right now. Oh, I'm sorry, not all of y'all, some of y'all. <laughs> or back in the day, playing tennis. Or whatever it may have been, you could have been doing anything, but you're here today. And I'm asking that God will bless you today just because of your presence.